Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, as I was sitting here, God took me back to this memory where I was at a big church. I was sitting in the audience. I had just lost my father. My father had been murdered just a couple of months before in Johannesburg. And a big prophet started calling people out by name and prophesying over them. And I said, Lord, I could do with a prophetic word right now. And the next thing the guy just said, there's a Linda here connected to 16 July. And I jumped on my feet. I said, that's me. Lindy comes from Linda and I'm born on 16 July. And he said, and there's an Anne in your life. And I said, I'm Lindy Anne. And he started to prophesy. And he said amazing things of how I would open wells in the nations and all these kind of things. But on that Sunday, because that was a Friday night, I remember standing in the worship. And the father spoke to me. He said, Lindy Ann, did you notice? I know your name. Because I don't know about you, but I had a dad who was a broken man. He couldn't remember my name. He called me on my brother's name. He called me on my cousin's name. He was so broken, he never had the courage to tell me that he loves me. Never had the courage to encourage me in life and tell me that I'm beautiful or anything like that. And I felt like there are some of you here today and you have felt like the Lord has forgotten your name. The Lord has forgotten who you are. He doesn't see you, but he sees everyone around you. And I want to tell you that's a lie. There's some of you here, you are facing Goliaths. And I want to tell you that those very Goliaths that have been fashioned to take you out will be the very thing that you will kill and destroy, pick up its sword and kill other giants with. Amen? I love that song where he says, Who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you are thinking of me? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you love me? I missed that up. That you hear me when I call. Is it true? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I never knew that God was a father. I never knew what a father looked like. I didn't know that there's someone out there who has, knows the plans he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. It's not to harm you. John 10, verse 10. The enemy comes to to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. To give you life and life in abundance. And I remember that day as my father was murdered, I had a decision to make. I had to decide, would I blame my king for something the enemy has done? Or do I remember all the things that the Lord has done on the road in Goniavachabegi?
I know this God. I know this King. He knows the plans He has for me. It's not to harm me, but to give me a hope and a future and to prosper me. Amen? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. He knows your name. He knows your every thought. And so Shaw was sharing. He said, she wasn't meant to be here. I was actually meant to just be finishing up on my honeymoon. And on 23rd of September, everything was organized. I said, in the initially, I said, God, my dad is not here. Who's going to pay for my wedding? I'm a missionary. Uh, I live by faith. I live in my mom's house. I travel the world. I don't charge to come preach. I just, God, you're my dad, you know. I said, but who's going to pay for this wedding? The wedding is flopping, dear. <laughs> and, and I got good taste. I grew up in a very wealthy home. and um, But unfortunately, all of that was stolen. So, now I go see this wedding dress designer. She's probably the top wedding dress designer in Cape Town. She's just down the road from me. And everyone says, just go there with your, you know, like with your bridesmaids. And then you do the whole dressing. You check which dress fits you properly. Any bride that has been will know this. You go check which style fits your body. Take photos. And then you go to like a cheaper tani vaka rock And then you show her and you say, I like this one. A line like this, like this here. Woo. Ne? And uh, so I go to Elizabeth Storkenstrom first, and it's just these golden chandeliers hanging, antique mirrors, these encrusted beaded dresses. And I'm like, hallelujah, I come in, but it's so expensive. She's got beautiful stuff. And, um, And she's Christian. She loves the Lord. She's beautiful. I absolutely adore her. And you know when you're like, oh, yeah, oh. And so I go to the other lady's house. She's also stunning, but it's just not what I want. Just not Elizabeth. And um, Elizabeth said, on Thursday, I'll give you a quote. And by Thursday, I also had to let Vilna know whether I was going to have the dress made with her. And so I was lying in bed Thursday morning. Yeah, brought me. Don't you want to talk to Elizabeth and won't you tell her just to make my dress for me for free? That evening, Elizabeth messages me. God spoke to me. I'm making your wedding dress completely for free. Come on! He's not just the father who heals the sick, raises the dead, casts out demon. He's the one that knows your name. He knows your pain. He knows your heart's desire. He's a daddy God, our father who art in heaven. I don't know what type of father you've had, but I've been introduced to the king of the universe as a daddy that says, come and sit on my lap. I know your name. I know when you need to have a sale for those shoes that you need. I know this, I know that. And he's a good father and he's in a good mood. 
I was just staying at St. Guido Lodge while I was preaching at Mighty Families. And I come into the gate and there is a giraffe hanging over our car. And I'm like, Lord, those people who think God doesn't have a sense of humor, you can just look at your neighbor's nose or look at creation, monkeys, giraffes, and elephants. You think, this is God revealed. He's not in a box. He's not a father with a stick. He's not some intellectual sitting in the clouds and just waiting for you to sin so he can reprimand you. Life is not a test. Oh, good, I'm here in the Lord's test. Oh, my parents said, you're in this house to be tested. I'm like, feel the love. No, he's a father first and foremost. He created us because he was looking for friends. Yes, just like any parent, he wants to teach you everything you can to become the best version of you. Sin simply means missing the mark. It means missing God's plan for your life. So when he says, this is your wife and not this one, it's because he knows this one's going to be better for you. If he says, don't drink too much, why? Because he knows it's going to take you on a bad path. He doesn't want to steal your joy. He wants to restore your joy. So he convicts you to a higher life. He convicts you to a higher way. Because his heart is more for you than your heart is for yourself. Amen? So Vilna calls me. Oh, I call Vilna. I say, the second dressmaker. I say, I got my dress for free. Thank you so much. But I'm obviously going to go with a free dress. She's like, I already knew that. She's a prophetic lady. She said, God already told me you were not going to make your dress with me. But my family needs so much prayer, and it was no coincidence that you were at my house. And she starts listing the things she needs prayer for. So the following week, I reply on a voice note, WhatsApp. There's no distance in the spirit. You don't have to lay hands on anyone. I see people, I pray here for someone in India, and they get out of a bed. God is so much bigger. He's so unlimited. Your revelation of him will determine your experience of him. Because as a man thinketh he is, so he is. Someone, I preached someone so hungry for the word last night, they took my Bible after the meeting. Hey! But they phoned me this morning, they said, and they found it. I didn't misplace it. Someone took it, I think they wanted to sleep on it, and be like, yes, Jesus, yes! But I am preaching out of the word, it's already written on my heart. And if you know the scripture, you'll know I'll be quote, I'm quoting it all the time. Just for those of you who are concerned. Yeah, I love the Bible, don't worry. So Vilna, I reply, I'm like, Vilna, thank you. Da, 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 da. I start praying for a family. This is the Wednesday. The Thursday, I'm lying in bed. I'm like, Lord, I'm having two weddings. One in South Africa, one in Panama. So I'm paying for the one. Hubby is paying for the other one in the apartment, right? That's how we've agreed to do it. And I'm like, what am I going to wear at the Panama wedding? Is Elizabeth going to allow me to take that dress overseas? Because yes, yeah, but I need a punky and a fatinery, a little homie, you know. And I'm like, now I'm lying in bed and I don't know about you. Pinterest at two in the morning. Roy Rock. I'm thinking, should I maybe wear a red dress? Because Panama is like tropical. And I'm like, okay. I'm thinking a red wedding dress. Now I'm pinning there. Making a little board. Red dress, Panama wedding, Nesua in the middle of the night. The next morning, I get a, a phone call from Vilna. Thank you so much for your prayer for me and my family yesterday. She said, just after I listened to your prayer, the Lord spoke to me clearly. And he said, you need to make Lindy Ann a beautiful red dress. Come on! Who is this king?
king of glory who pursues me with his love. And I'm just hearing some thoughts while I'm speaking. You know, I remember standing in the kitchen one time and my cousin was busy taking out chops and all kinds of meats out of my dad's fridge and putting it in a crate to take with to raise. Now, my dad didn't even speak to me when I went to raise. For two years, we didn't have any contact. And as she's taking these things out of the fridge, helping herself to my dad's like pantry, I was like so angry, you know? I was standing there and I feel so rejected. And I feel so like number two, you know? Because he treated her like a daughter, not me. And immediately the father just spoke to me, said, Lindy Ann, do you see why you sometimes believe that I love my other children more than I love you? Because our experience with our families are going to determine how we pro- what we project onto God. We don't mean to. But that's how it works. If your father was never home, you probably struggle to believe that God is around. If your father struggled to provide, you struggle to trust that God can provide financially. If your father or your parents, they pulled one of the kids ahead, you always feel like second best. And maybe you're sitting here today and as I'm sharing, you feel jealous in your heart. But I want to tell you, he loves us all the same. He loves us all the same. And in that moment, I had to say, say, God, I forgive my father for treating me not like his child, but other people like his children. And I renounce the lie and that connection that I've made between this situation and you. You are not the one that's like my dad in any way. Amen. And as I say this, please start to pray the prayers that you need to pray in your heart towards the Lord. Because God is speaking to some of you right now. God hasn't done anything like that for me. It's because my revelation of him has grown to the place where I know he's a good father. He wants to give us all heavenly blessings. Every promise is yes and amen. But are you sure God wants to? Yes. Yes and amen. Are you sure God wants to heal me? Yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. And the message that I have on my heart this morning, and we're going to see the sick healed, we're going to see people delivered this morning, we're going to see dreams restored. I've had people in my meetings get creative downloads of songs and all kinds of things. What can happen today? Repent for the kingdom. What is repent? Change your way of thinking. Think up. Think about a father who has unlimited supplies for you. Whether it's a wedding dress, a red dress, a brand new knees, a brand new hip, a brand new heart. Doesn't matter what it is. He's made provision for everything. I'm just a mailman delivering a check that someone else already paid for. I love how the word is the Old Testament and the New Testament. What is a testament? It's something that someone worked for their whole life and they write it down and they say, this is for my children. Jesus said, by my stripes you are healed. In the New Testament, he promised those things to us. Sickness healed. Your sins forgiven. He says, if you believe in me, what I've done, you can do what I have done and even greater things. Amen? And... So, on the 23rd, we planned the whole wedding. 
But what had happened is that my fiancé is a senior pastor in Panama. I met him whilst doing crusades there, led more than 7,000 people to the Lord. I spoke to the government, to the police, the fluid, you name it, the border control schools, crusades. We saw three wheelchairs emptied while I was there. Hello, 34 single lady. Geboren springbok van die kaap af. If God can use me, and you don't even know my testimony, I was not just before I came to Jesus, even after. I ran away from God so many times, but he wouldn't let me. I don't know if you know Jesus, but he's the stalker of all stalkers, the lover of all lovers. He doesn't let you go. He's like a Rottweiler and he sticks to you until you surrender all. Take me, take me. And he's the potter maker. We're the clay. Do you know what clay looks like before you've started working with it? But that's how he says, just come. I will, if you let me, if you give me into my hands, he says, I will make something new out of you. You don't have to wait until you're perfect. You can't. You'll never be ready for Jesus. You have to come just as you are. Amen. So I know some people are burning to hear the end of the story. So, <laughs> so I arrived in Panama in October last year, five o'clock in the afternoon, seven o'clock. The pastora of the church messaged him when I arrived at her church to preach. And I traveled for 30 hours. And uh, she messaged him, come, this is your woman. And um, apparently I looked him up and down, but I think I just looked at his ugly shoes. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> So we ended up becoming friends. He was my translator on most of the trips. Beautiful man of God. Um, but I wasn't interested. He ended up pursuing me long distance, came down to Cape Town, confessed his love, and finally, boom, got engaged. So we're planning, start planning this wedding. God is providing everything. Everything's going like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Is someone making water bottles for you? Someone doing this? And I'm like, I'm always, Lord. People phoning me, they don't even know you. I heard you preaching a year ago. Do you maybe need a fur to go with your thing? I'm like, fur? Yeah, my yeah. Oh, okay, like that. You know, it just like everything was going as clockwork. And then obviously you're like, everything is going to work out perfect, right? But uh, as fiery as he is, what happened is there was a famous big drug lord uh, in Latin America from Colombia that contacted him and said, hey, uh, I want to give my life to Jesus. And they knew each other from the Barker years, long time ago. And he said, you know, can, he knows he's become a pastor. He's like, can you lead me to Jesus? So the guy fl- flies over from Colombia into Panama. My um, husband-to-be baptizes him, leads him to Jesus. Uh, he stays with him for months, discipling him, going to church. The whole family now wants to get saved. Amazing miracle. But because of this, the police flagged him. And they thought he's the mafia boss. So they threw him in jail for two days. And I was like, where's this man? He hasn't contacted me. And he contacts me at least when he wakes up and when he goes to bed. And they knocked us in on work, you know. And finally, his assistant pastor calls. He's like, Pastora, when last did you speak to Pastor Juan Mario? I'm like, oh, yesterday. He's like, we're going to his house right now to see if he's okay. And I'm like, what's the heart and fall of his God? And now I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just like, Lord, Lord, Lord. Then I found out, no, he's in the chukki. So I'm like, oh my words, then it means he's fine. Because I know he's innocent, something's happened. I knew it was connected to this guy somehow. So he calls me on the video call, just when he gets out. He looks terrible. He hasn't slept for two days. He's like, 
Mi cielo, my heaven. Mi cielo. I'm like, what happened to you? He's like, I'm like, why are you crying? I miss you so much. He said, but baby, 20 people got saved. He said, people were weeping on the prison floor. The police were crying. People were getting saved, healed, delivered right there. He said, I preached the gospel and I thought, Wow, I have signed myself up for an adventure. I thought I was crazy, but I'm like, I've met my match. And, um, but because of this, he didn't have his, so obviously he had his little hearing because it was a weekend. That's why he had to be in the little prison for so long. And just a holding cell vibe. And, uh, he, obviously they were like, wow, you really are Panam, a pastor. You're legit. Oh, we're so sorry. <laughs> uh, third world country. And they let him go, but it still had to go through the legal court system. And, Firstly, they didn't put his papers in the system. Secondly, they put it in wrong. And finally, he ended up not being able to get his passport to come for the wedding. And we only found that out on Friday night, and the wedding was on Monday. And I was like, okay, Lord, I have killed Goliath before. And I have committed myself to you before. And a a lady spoke to me, and she said to me, Lindy, and what's going to happen? Because I was now starting to, like, a week before, actually, I was like, oh, yeah. And I said, I'm starting to get these thoughts like, what if God drops me again? Because I've had a situation before where it felt like God dropped me. Everything worked out. Oh, all the money came in for the mission. But last minute, my visa didn't arrive in time. And I, I remember that one time and I was like, I'm not going to do it. And she sat me down for coffee and she looked at me. She said, let's just get serious. God doesn't drop anyone. He's, to be, he's your friend and your father, but he's to be feared and to be revered. You cannot let any word like that come from your mouth again. She said, and obviously we're trusting with you that he's going to get his passport, but if he doesn't, can God still trust you with, his, with your worship? Will you still worship him even when everything goes wrong? And I bawled my eyes out. And I left that meeting and I wept before God and I said, God... Forgive me for keeping that one experience against you all this time. Forgive me for thinking that that was you at work against my joy. Is he not a father that longs to see his children fully alive, full of joy? He is the one that destined and fashioned us for the greater things. He's not the one that steals, kills, and destroys. That's the enemy. And I repented before the Lord. And by the time this thing came on Friday night, my number one was perfectly in place. And my number twos couldn't kill me. Hear me here. When your number one is in place, your number twos cannot kill you. It cannot take you out. But that's when your first love is in the place where it needs to be. And sometimes I don't understand everything. I don't understand why the devil gets the upper hand. We are in a war. But I know who's on our side. It is the king of glory. And what we experience here is but temporal. And that day my father was murdered. I knew I had led him to Jesus a year before. And I might not get to experience him walking me down the aisle. But I'll get to spend eternity with him in a mansion that the father is preparing for me. Amen. So I want us to quickly close our eyes.